What are you guys' thoughts on the upcoming 2021-2022 school year? And now that students are headed back into the building, um, most students full-time, is this is this issue of tech neutrality, you know, of student of all students not having access to the tech or computers that they need to perform well, is it still as important as it was this time last year? Um, yeah, I think it's completely I think it's I think it's the same same level of importance. I just think it's a different level of awareness now. I think it's always been an issue. I think it'll it will always be an issue um, if people don't start to work, recognize it and uh, talk about it more. But yeah, it's it's always been an issue. It, it's just that um, coronavirus just highlighted it, and it highlighted the fact that certain people really couldn't uh, really didn't have access to school, and which led to a a lot of an array of different problems if if you can't if you can't complete your assignments you can't get good grades your gpa goes down you have trouble getting into colleges um it or you look like you skipped school because you can't do the work there's 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 so many different problems that can come with not having a computer Welcome to the Egg Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Egg Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Welcome back to the Egg Gap Evolution podcast. Today, we're speaking with the founders of Tech Neutrality, founded by high school students, Sydney McPherson and Kevin Kim. Tech Neutrality is a nonprofit organization that strives to level the playing field so that every school-aged child has equal access to education. So Sydney and Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you all? We're good. good. How are you? you? I'm doing great. Um, and thank you so much for being here. Okay, so before we jump into how you all got started, the lives that you're transforming through um, tech philanthropy and all that good stuff, um, and where your organization is headed, we want to get to know you guys a little bit more. So maybe each of you can tell us like, where are you from? What grade are you in? Um, what are your career and entrepreneurial aspirations? Okay, um, so we're both from Bergen County, New Jersey. Um, and we're also both rising seniors, but we started this when we were rising juniors. Well, I actually used to live in Bergen County. I lived in oh, really? New Milford, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty close. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I always used to go to, um, the listeners want to hear this, I used to go to Paramus Park Mall and Garden State Plaza all the time. I used to work there. <laughs> I was just there today. Okay, my favorite <laughs> mall ever. So do you guys each, you know, have any individual career entrepreneurial aspirations after high school or maybe after college? Um, I'm into psychology, human rights, uh, environmental sciences. So I have a lot of interest. Um, but yeah, um, definitely equity is super important to me too. Okay. And what about you, Kevin? 
Um, I'm actually looking for uh, looking into going into um more STEM related uh career paths. So I'm kind of focusing more on going into the biofuel uh branch. So it's kind of like um, making cleaner sources of energy. Hopefully, I know it's summertime. Like you're having a break from school right now. What are some activities you enjoy? Maybe just something random that like you really like getting into. Um. Well, right now. Uh, it's like the peak of football season for us, or at least like practices. It's pretty intense right now. Um, so that's kind of been the biggest thing on my mind, like in terms of um, like just uh, random stuff I've been doing outside of school or this charity. Oh, my goodness. That's dedicated stuff. That's not that random. <laughs> <laughs> I would think. What about you, Sydney? Um, I just came back from a few environmental trips. Um, so I tried to pack in a lot of traveling over the summer. Um, and yeah, so I did a couple of, I did an environmental trip in Hawaii. Um, so I've been traveling the summer a lot, which I'm super grateful that I got to do. That's amazing. So you got listeners, these students, they, they do not play. They're dedicated <laughs> during the summer and the school year, and they have a whole nonprofit. So take notes. Um, and so before we uh, get started into, you know, the, the nitty gritty of your organization, could you tell us what is uh, tech neutrality in general? Like if you were to describe what it is to maybe an eight year old, how would you describe the problem that you seek to solve and like the solution, you know, overall? Um, well, we thought that um, it may not be fair to some kids who may have a disadvantage at home financially um, or like any other uh, issue that's not specifically school related to have their education affected um, by not having access to computers. So um, technicality, I guess, tries to provide a solution by donating computers to kids who don't have access to them. And um, by doing this, we can uh, gradually give uh, all kids access to education, regardless of their situations or like uh, uh, hardships at home. That's fantastic. Um, and so when, when, when did you guys decide like that you were going to start this organization? Like, when did you have that idea? Like, okay, this is what we're doing. And like, what motivated you to follow through with actually getting started? Cause I know, you know, so many adults have good ideas, but like very few people actually get started. So what was that motivation for you all? Yeah. Um, so in the beginning of quarantine, um, so March, 2020, I just had so much time on my hands. Um, so I, and I had so much time on my hands, but I was also still, we were all, we were, we were both still in school, um, but through the computer and we weren't using Zoom yet, but we were still um, completing assignments and the occasional Google Meet. Um, and yeah, taking tests on the computer. So our whole, our whole morning and afternoon was on the computer. Um, and I was just, I just realized that, that obviously not everyone has a computer and, uh, we're privileged enough that our district gave us computers. Um, and sometimes I wonder if our district didn't give us computers, how, how well that would have worked, worked out. Um, I think that because of the area we're in, it would be okay, but that's a very specific situation to have. And I think a lot of situate a lot of schools um especially around us in Bergen County and just outside of Bergen County um but still locally um don't have that privilege yeah so 
And I think it's a lot more common than we think because we live in a bubble here. So it was really hard, honestly, to look outside of our bubble and outside of the lives that we've been living for so long and realize that that wasn't everyone's case. So um, yeah, my parents really helped me to develop the idea further, um, come up with names, brainstorm a lot. It's, I mean, it took maybe a month to really solidify an idea. And then even then the logistics of it, um, they, they weren't super solid. So I created a website, got the EIN, um, filed for a nonprofit or filed as a nonprofit organization, got a bank account, um, made some connections. And uh, when I launched the website, Kevin reached out to me um, and wanted to help. And that was super exciting to me. And Kevin and I have always been friends. Um, like we went to elementary school together. So it was a super easy, yes for me and it's been the best decision that I've made because I'm looking back on it now doing this alone uh it's a lot and I don't know and we push each other so we have each other to remind each other about meetings about it's holding each other accountable I think that's the biggest thing that um having Kevin work with me has given me and then we both have our own circles that have contributed to this um program as well that's so wonderful um and I think you know it's I was going to ask like, hey, you guys have been friends for a while. Like, was it just something random? But I think it's so cool to be able to do something with such a great impact with a friend. Like, that yeah. is such a special thing. And accountability is very important. Um, I think that is, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that's often something that folks of any age can sometimes forget, you know, when it comes to having big goals or having big plans. It's like, you can have all the desire in the world, but is usually when you have that accountability partner to keep, you know, to be like, hey, you know, you might not be feeling it today, but I am so we can keep each other going. Um, and so I know that you said when you first, uh, when this first got going, it was because, you know, COVID started and you realized that most of your day or all of your day was on the computer. So um, a lot of us listen to this podcast. We haven't been in high school for a minute <laughs> for a very, very long mm-hmm. time. So can you refresh our memories um, before we continue? Like, what was an average week in your life as a high schooler like versus an average week when COVID started? Um, well, I guess like an average week um, would be, well, me and Cindy are both, uh, I would say, in sort of rigorous classes. So we kind of spend a lot of our time um, doing projects, like studying, making sure all of our work is done. Um, and when we're not doing that, uh, I, I have, I play two sports, um, and, uh, yeah, so there's some more out of school stuff we're doing, but it's mostly either school, um, it was this charity and then, uh, yeah. And then that's some extracurricular stuff. Okay, cool. So, um, basically it didn't really change that much for you, um, from being in school to being like on, in quarantine, other than the fact that like you couldn't really play the sports and stuff that you would do. Um, well also the, the study habits, um, were a little, uh, different because, um, because we weren't in school, it was a little, uh, less, um, pressure, I guess, to be studying a lot. Um, yeah. but it wasn't that big of a change in the beginning of quarantine, I would say. Okay, what about you, Sydney? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Kevin said. My, except my life, uh, 
changed did my life changed a little bit more because um I think well I think I think both of us actually like social life is really important to us so I think not being able to see people that affects mental health um and you know because when you're home when you're home and like more so this year since it was all remote um for a lot of the time uh we were so used to it and we just it, it's pretty unhealthy being home and having your whole life being sleeping in basically your office like having your room and school be the same room is kind of tough so I think that was hard for both of us um sleeping schedules get messed up a lot of timing issues uh like managing time so it was super it was super stressful for me um to be home the whole time but I mean we both made it work Oh yeah, that's also something uh, I forgot to add. Uh, not walking in the hallways was super um, different, and I feel like I w- I felt so lazy as soon as we um, like around like week three of quarantine when I wasn't walking between every class. I was kind of just like laying on my bed um, when I had the yeah. chance. Yeah, it's just kind of like I'm mean, especially you playing sports. <laughs> you used to sweating and moving and now <laughs> it's like bed, fridge, bathroom, bed, fridge, bathroom. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I'm glad y'all both made it through and the rest of us can walk around now because yes, it was pure torture. Um, and so what was, I'm wondering from your perspective, perspectives, collective perspectives, um, when you found out that COVID-19 was a thing and like they were finally like, okay, we're shutting down schools. Like, where were you when you heard the news? How'd you handle the news? I was, I was actually, I was actually um, at the library when I found out. Um, I just remember uh, I think, I feel like it, well, for me, it was, um, like, evening when I found out. Just people were sending around screenshots of the news that came out um, about Bergen County schools being closed for two weeks. And I think at the beginning, both of us just, I mean, all of us assumed it was only going to be two weeks. Um, and I think if we knew what we know now, I think uh, our reactions would have been a lot different. But I wasn't too upset because I only thought it was going to be two weeks. Right. <laughs> Like, oh, no big deal. And then they sprung a year and a half on us. Um, what about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I was, um, I was actually getting a haircut at my friend's house. Um, no good and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and then one of our friends was there, and his mom is actually um, on the board um, at our school, so she kind of found out early, and then the news kind of spread to um, our little circle of friends, and it was really exciting uh, at first. And I remember we went back to school super happy. Um, like an extended spring break um, of sorts Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it also felt eerie that last day of school like looking back on it like um, I think March 13th like we were all pretty I don't know it it felt it felt a little bit creepy being in school um, and leaving school it felt like catastrophic and strange and uh, yeah it it just felt a little bit creepy and I think going back to the school for the first time since leaving that was also a little bit eerie for me because the day that the last time I had been there had been a little strange. Have you ever thought of a great idea and said to yourself, aha, I should start a business. Maybe you even ran that idea past a few good friends, family members, a co-worker, the guy in front of you at the grocery store. 
Almost everyone responded exactly how you hoped. Oh man, that's a great idea. Good luck with that. Some even gave you a few pointers on how you could make the idea even better. And boy, did you appreciate that too. So you pop down at the kitchen table or maybe you have a desk and you get to work. You sketch the idea out from beginning to end. You know, at least on the basic level, who should be interested in buying your product. So you call up your cousin who's great at art. Bam, you got a logo. You pick out your brand colors and whoop, (laughs) you just got a website built and boy, oh boy, Anyone would be a fool not to buy from you. And to top it all off, your LLC just got approved by the state. You've got a million dollar idea here. You may even go as far as to say you've taken the first step towards living out your purpose for the very first time. So you announce your new business idea to your Facebook friends and the crowd goes wild. You ask your family to help you promote your business, but you don't just want your family to buy from you. You want customers, customers that you don't know, but the only inquiries you're getting are family and friends. At this point, reality sets in and you're realizing you have no idea how to get complete strangers to buy from you. Or maybe you've convinced a few people to buy from you, but the money is barely tricking in and you're tired of the feast or famine entrepreneurial lifestyle. You may even want to leave your nine to five job one day, but you can't afford to do that until your business becomes profitable enough to at least replace your salary. You want to run a sustainable, profitable business that pays the bills and puts you in a position to take your family on vacation. You even want to eventually hire help. If you can relate to any of this, you might want to listen up. Before starting this podcast, I, Mariah, worked in corporate America marketing and fundraising for multi-million and billion-dollar organizations who were annihilating every competitor on the market in their industry. Why? Because our marketing strategies were second to none. And now I teach those top-tier marketing strategies to new entrepreneurs and small business owners who are fed up with struggling to break through the noise on social media in order to make a sale. You don't need to put up another social media post. You need a marketing strategy. A marketing strategy will help you know exactly who is ready to buy your product right now and how to reach them so you can put your energy towards doing work that brings you more money consistently. If you want to learn how to make your company stand out to your audience, and if you want to learn more than a dozen strategies that are more effective at generating leads than social media, then you need to sign up for my marketing bootcamp. Mariah's Marketing Bootcamp is a three-week training where you'll learn everything you need to know about corporate-level marketing. You'll learn how to land speaking engagements to increase your company's reputation and boost your visibility to potential clients who can write you big checks, as well as everyday customers. In this bootcamp, you learn how to increase your website traffic through search engine optimization and SEO content marketing strategies that big-wig marketing agencies don't want you to know about because then you become an actual competitor. We cover the art of spectacular storytelling, email marketing, how to run a media campaign, brand partnerships, and more. Space is limited. So if you have a great idea and you want to start making money from it, then head to the show notes of this episode and click on the link next to the words Mariah's Marketing Bootcamp so you can learn more about the bootcamp and book your admissions call. On that page, you'll even see customer reviews from past students and clients who are now running profitable businesses thanks to the learning that they got from my consulting. Class is almost full and a special payment plan is available to you when you sign up before August 13th. 
refer a friend and get 10% off your total enrollment fee. Bootcamp starts September 7th and it's virtual. So you can join us from anywhere in the United States and really anywhere in the world. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and I hope to see you in Mariah's Marketing Bootcamp. Um, it's crazy. It kind of reminds me of like uh, when I was in elementary school, 9-11, the Twin Towers, when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, people were coming to pick up their kids. You know, we were kids so nobody would really explain anything to us. And it was just so weird. And like, to this day, I can remember like the weird feeling. I was just like, cause he's just like, what is happening? And like, yeah. for something that's never happened, like we can all, you know, snowstorms, sure. We get what happens when it snows. School mm-hmm. might, well, in Bergen County, maybe not. Cause y'all don't like to close anything <laughs> when it snows. <laughs> but um, so a lot of us, like a lot of listeners are like, we're, we're, de- we're definitely not in high school. Most of us aren't in college. And when- we were in school. I mean, I'm, uh, when I was in school, we definitely had computers, but like, um, a lot of us didn't have like laptops. Like when I was, I did not grow up with cell phones, like until I was like in high school, <laughs> that's when we like started having cell phones. So like, um, some folks were listening, like having a, a phone or a tablet as a teen just wasn't a thing. So like, what were you guys, what's your first memories um, using tech? Like maybe using a computer? Like what, what was the, how soon did you start using computers in tech? Um, so I think that, I think that um, our parent, our well, my parents had uh, phones and then like when we got a little bit older, the iPhone came out. So um, it wasn't normal for like little kids to have iPhones at that point or tablets even because I think the iPhone had just come out um so our parents had them and I I remember I would just download games on my mom's phone but uh we had I had computers so I had a desktop computer my dad would use it for work and I don't know I would just use it to um like just print stuff out do arts and crafts watch YouTube um there's games that like a lot of kids in my generation can just talk about and that are nostalgic and that we all talk about playing as a kid. So those that's those are my first memories. But in school, we use them a little bit. I remember they tried pushing like coding and um, when we were super young and we would, we didn't have personal computers at the time, but I, I remember we would have like a media center and we had computers there. Okay, you said they tried pushing coding. So is that like something that a school like, in your experience, um, your schools have been trying to get kids into a lot is like the different coding programs. Definitely. And I, I think it's like, it's so amazing because there's a lot of people, there's a lot more room for different types of people in coding and that we need a lot of different types of people in coding. So I think, I think it's amazing that they're pushing it at a young age. Yeah. I find that interesting because a lot of the uh, organizations that we interview on the podcast are really embracing offering coding programs and I just always wonder from the student's perspective like how like how it's being received so it's good um that a lot of folks are really enjoying it um and Kevin did you have anything to say uh well well me and Sydney kind of grew up in the same school so it was kind of the same um experience with me um but yeah for the coding thing I was just gonna say um I think I'm I was actually really thankful that I was exposed to it pretty early because it is becoming such a prevalent um, area of uh, engineering, I think it's uh, it was really nice to be exposed at such a young age. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the closest we really got to it, like when I was in high school, was like MySpace, and I don't even know if that like really <laughs> counts. <laughs> but so I'm wondering, um, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on the upcoming 2021-2022 school year? And now that students are headed back into the building, um, most students full time. Is this is this issue of tech neutrality? You know, of student of all students not having access to the tech or computers that they need to perform well. Is it still as important as it was this time last year? Um, yeah, I think it's completely, I, I think it's I think it's the same, same level of importance. I just think it's a different level of awareness now. I think it's always been an issue. I think it'll, it will always be an issue um, if people don't start to work, recognize it and uh, talk about it more. But yeah, it's, it's always been an issue. It, it's just that um, coronavirus just highlighted it. And it highlighted the fact that certain people really couldn't, uh, really didn't have access to school and which led to a, a lot of, an array of different problems. If, if you can't, if you can't complete your assignments, you can't get good grades, your GPA goes down, you have trouble getting into colleges, um, it, or you look like you skipped school because you can't do the work. There's, there's, there's so many different problems that can come with not having a computer and also not having the same level of, uh, like it won't, you don't have the same um, resources. You can't research the same way. You might have to go to the library to do research while kids at home can just sit in their bed and do research and multitask. So there's a whole, there's so many things that I think a lot of us don't even think about just because that's not our life or that's not people around our, um, us life. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's always been an issue. And I, I hope that just because COVID um, is looking to start to lift that people still realize that this will always be an issue. Um, and it's actually affecting people's lives and people's abilities to succeed. Yeah, um, I appreciate that you said that because I think that as like you're saying, as COVID does start to lift, um, it's, it's important for us to keep our eyes on the issues that were highlighted you know, during that very traumatic time. Um, and although so many negative things did come out of that, um, I think that it is a positive thing that, it, you know, we were forced as a nation to look at some things that like, like you know, tech, the tech gap and, yep. you know, the education gap and all those disparities that were maybe a little bit easier for if you were of a certain, um, you know, socioeconomic background, yeah. it would, might have been a bit easier for folks to overlook. And it's now it's in our faces and it's not, it's, it hasn't gotten better. And that's why we are grateful for organizations like you all um, who are doing an active part in, you know, changing things for the better. Um, and so if someone wanted to uh, donate to your organization, you know, maybe they, do you guys take funds and also physical laptop donations or one or the other? Um, so right now, uh, if you wanted to donate money, then you could go on our website uh, at techneutrality.org, um, techneutralitynow.org, sorry. Um, and then there's like a donate section. Um, and if not, there's also a big donate button at the front of our page. Um, so that's primarily our main method of donation, but we're also looking into, like you mentioned, um, donating computers. But it's also like, a, it gets a bit cloudy because we try to distribute like a, a equal computers to all the organizations we're donating to. So it gets a, a bit cloudy when 
Uh, people are donating computers that they might not all be in like similar conditions. So we have to go into, look into um, refurbishing mm -hmm. or if the models aren't the same, then we have to look into like not every child is going to get the same features for the computers. Um, yeah, so right now the issue is kind of fairness, um, but that's definitely an area we want to explore because it kind of uh, uh, expands the reach for donations. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so guys, you hear that, you know, they're saying that it's best to do monetary donations right now just because there are certain kind of like um, standards or like fairness <laughs> things to consider when, when making those donations. But um, physical donations might be something they're interested in the future. So keep that in mind um, when looking to support the organization. Um, and also I'm wondering if someone, you know, said, hey, I know of a kid or a school or something that could definitely use your help. Like what's, how do we make you all aware of that? Yeah, so um, we have on our website under the FAQ section um, that you can always email tech neutrality um, and we'll get the email directly and see it. The only thing is that we do try and work with organizations and associations that already have the information um, on these children and their families and their statuses just to make sure that we're um, giving the computers to the right students. Um, and being fair about it because tech neutrality doesn't have the credentials to determine who deserves what. We usually try and go to the school directly um, or the association directly, like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, which they have all the the economic, all their economic statuses, whether or not they have a computer in their home, mm -hmm. um, the amount of kids in the household, um, just to make sure that we're being fair about it because these are well well known organizations and trusted associations. Yeah. Um, we trust them to make the decision um, rather than tech neutrality who we don't have the credentials to do so. That makes total sense. And so are, um, in general, our kids like from K through 12 getting computers um, or is it like only reserved for high schoolers, that sort of thing? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much um, for high schoolers, but that's just what it's been so far. It's okay. not, it's not, it's not, a, there's no limit. Okay. Um, it is that, yeah, it's, it's so far, it's been younger students, um, mm -hmm. which I think is amazing. I mean, anyone who gets into a computer, that would be amazing. But mm -hmm. I think it's great because the younger that you gain habits and set standards for yourself and learn how to work these computers and um, learn certain skills and habits, like the more that it'll set in. So I think the younger, the like, the better it is, but also, yeah, like older students are also getting these computers and even after high school, college is also a place where computers are definitely needed. Oh yes, college, absolutely. <laughs> so I'd love to know one of each of you's favorite quotes and um, you know, why it's your favorite quote. You guys are clearly very intelligent, clearly very wise. Um, Paul, do you each have like a favorite quote? Um, well, it's not an exact quote, but it's actually from an uncle of mine. Okay. Um, he told me, in 10 years that I would wish that I started today, which actually has been super helpful in a lot of the things I've been doing. Um, well, like he told me that um, in context of weightlifting, but okay. I think it can apply to any area of anything that people do, um, like school or if you want to like start investing or any sort of um, ventures that you'd want to get into. Uh, I think that it's important that people um, 
start as soon as possible so that they can see the um the growth and don't regret that they didn't start earlier i love that that's amazing it is yes the best thing that you can do is start today you know with like you said whether it's weightlifting or anything else i think that that whole tomorrow 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 thing can sometimes just be an excuse you know, we can have a million tomorrows and then we look up and we haven't done a thing. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm grateful for your uncle for having shared it with you. Um, and what about you, Sydney? Yeah, so I'm um, growing up in the uh, socioeconomic and then just the racially demographic area that uh, I did grow up in. Um, I was the minority in most of my classes um, and just the school as a whole. So I think just existing, you, you're controversial. Just to exist sometimes can be controversial. And a lot of the strides that I make and uh, things that I consider accomplishments, um, they've been questioned by a lot of people a lot of the times. Um, a lot of the clubs that I've wanted to start or organization, like tech neutrality, um, people have a lot to say about it and people have their own opinions. And sometimes it's hard to um, move forward and continue to push when you have people saying all sorts of stuff to you with everyone's different opinions and that can include people who are attempting to be supportive but sometimes they can hinder your progress and distract you so um my grandpa this is something that my whole family says um my grandpa actually told my mom just like consider the source so when someone gives you a criticism or compliment or any a comment about something you're doing, just consider the source and consider who it's coming from, consider if this is something you wanna to take to heart, um, why you should take it to heart, if you should take it to heart. And I think that's really helped me uh, stay focused a lot of the times. Wow, you guys are just, you, you have both made my night. <laughs> yes, that is so important, consider the source because I mean, as you said, you can have people people are always going to have their opinions, like, especially when you're a woman of color or a person of color in general, like, they're going to have their opinions, and that's none of your business, <laughs> you know, yeah, you exactly. keep moving on with what you're doing, um, clearly, you're doing something great, it, consider the source, you know, it is, it is good to be open to learning from all types of people, but I, I can definitely say it is not good to take everyone's opinion as gospel. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm glad that you are both choosing to move forward with what you're doing um, in general. I mean, and clearly like the older you get, I mean, you see it now, you know, there, there, can, there are a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and then there are people who do, and we yep. need more people who do. So I'm grateful for that. And so um, what's next for tech neutrality? Like, where's the organization headed? Are you guys going to stay steadfast in this lane for a while or are there some changes coming up? Um, so right now we're, um, I guess we're sort of satisfied with um, the donations that we've gotten. Um, obviously we want more, but um, we're, we're looking for more, but um, uh, we just came off of a new shipment of computers. And um, um, like for right now, we're focusing on finding an organization to donate to. Um, and besides that, I guess like a ongoing mission of ours was to just spread our name, um, just to um, not even look for donations, but to um, reach out to people, make connections, um, just grow our name and so that we can just have more exposure. And so how do, how do I, like, if I'm an, org, how do I know as an organization that like, I'm someone who, I, who I'm an organization that should get in touch with you? Do you guys have any like qualifications um, for that? 
Um, so I think that like a lot of these associations are connected and um, they're interconnected and they have relationships with each other. Um, so I think that just related, I, I think that social media helps a lot um, when we are posting with Big Brothers Big Sisters or something related to Big Brothers Big Sisters that um, other associations see that too. Um, and they'll wanna reach out and help and be a part of it. Um, but that has been a challenge actually, um, finding organizations to donate to, which I didn't uh, foresee being a problem. I thought anyone would take computers with open arms, but you know, a lot of schools um, have restrictions with that or they already have resources that they wanna to go to and partnerships that they need to keep up. So, um, and also they wanna make sure that who they're working with is trustworthy. Um, so yeah, it's actually difficult finding organizations that wanna, that, that need the computers. So it's, it's hard because we know individuals need these computers and we know that it's extremely necessary, but sometimes there are obstacles there. So if, an organ, if there are organizations who are super interested or just think that wanna get in contact and, or just think that um, this could be a helpful thing for them just to explore, um, then just email tech neutrality. That's, that's the easiest way to get in touch or DM us on Instagram. Um, so yeah, th that's probably the easiest way, but we're definitely open to talking to any organization that um, thinks that this is something that they want to get into. Okay, thank you. Um, and I, you know, no shade whatsoever to the organizations they already working with. I think they're awesome. So I'm just saying what I'm about to say in, for in general, um, I think that is, you know, that's part of the education gap issue that we're talking about though, right? Like the, the red tape that can be around getting assistance to people who really need it. You know, there can, there, there can be so many uh, barriers or, you know, different pathways that you have to take just to get to someone who's like across the street, <laughs> you know, I'd like to get this person, a computer, please. Um, and you have to go, you know, 8 million different ways. And so, you know, I hope, hopefully as people hear this, like if we have some advocates out there or people who do work in, you know, policy or any sort of, um, if you hear, if you hear what we're talking about now, and you feel like there's a way that you might be able to reach out and, and connect with um, Sydney and Kevin, or just, you know, like they're saying organizations who may be able to receive these donations and get them to families. We know, we all, we all know of somebody of some family who either during COVID, before COVID and even now do struggle with having the proper electronics to get the things that they need done, especially in those households with more than one kid and with kids of all different ages. Um, and so what about uh, for you all individually? I know you said that um, you're both looking to, you know, you're into environmental um, Sydney and you're into STEM, Kevin, but is there anything coming up in you guys' lives, like um, any, any, maybe graduation <laughs> that you're looking forward to? Like, I'm so like far removed now from like what's exciting at, what are you, 17? Um, yeah. So what's coming up next for you guys personally? Um, well, for us right now, our minds are really focused on college applications. Um, yeah, like they just opened up uh, recently, so uh, we've been kind of, kind of dazed with that on our minds. Um, uh, for school-wise, I would say for me at least, um, I'm really looking forward to being back in person. Um, hopefully, uh, right now it's it's um, full time, but hopefully, hopefully it stays like that and. 
really looking forward to playing my last my senior year football season hey. um <laughs> yeah, seeing my my friends again and hopefully graduating and making uh making it through the whole school year in person yes yeah, so you think you'll stay in jersey or you're gonna um, go out of state um uh, for me all my well all my top schools are um out of state um, yeah it was always a i always wanted to uh, leave the state so I love it. I love being out of state, even though my out of state was your in state. Um, so, and what about you? I went to Fairleigh Dickinson, Tina. Um, so, what about you, Sydney? Um, so, yeah, I think like Kevin talked about this, like colleges uh, on our minds right now, where we want to go to college, location wise, um, how far away we want to be from family. So, early, early action applications, there's a lot going on in it. Uh, came up on us so so fast especially with COVID um we didn't exactly have a junior year to get settled and think about this we kind of it didn't feel like a junior year it just felt like an extended sophomore year for us because we're wow, just so now going into senior year so I don't really feel like I'm going into senior year I have to remind myself a lot of the times yeah. um but regardless I feel ready and I feel excited and I'm really ready for college and I'm really, really ready to leave high school. Um, <laughs> and I'm super excited to go out of state. I, I won't be staying. I don't think I'll be staying in state. Um, so I'm leaning towards the West Coast, but also D.C. because I love Howard University. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to see to see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I never even thought about that, though, the, like the extended sophomore year. That must be a weird feeling. But then it's kind of like you, you also don't know what junior year feels like, you know, exactly. Very different experience. I mean, you'll have lots of stories to tell our posterity. Um, but, so thank you guys for joining us. And I just want uh, folks to could you repeat your website one more time and let us know if there are any social media handles that we should be aware of? Yep. Um, so we're just starting to get a little bit more active on all of our social medias. We have posts up, we we are active, we check them. So our Instagram is tech neutrality now. Um, just at tech neutrality now. And then our Twitter is at tech underscore neutrality. And then our website is www.technneutralitynow.org. And we're active on all of those. Um and yeah, our email, our contacts are also on our website too. Okay, perfect. Oh my God, this is so exciting. Well, Sydney and Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the great work that you guys are doing. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Don't ever let anybody discourage you. You're both doing wonderful things. Um, I will definitely be you know, promoting this episode so that you can get whatever support you need. And folks, yeah. I'm going to drop the links to their website and to their social media accounts in the show notes. So if you guys, when you all, we're already saying that it's happening, <laughs> reach out to support, um, you'll know exactly where to do that. I hope that both of you have a wonderful school year. I wish the both of you the absolute best with your out-of-state colleges. And I thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much thank for having so us. Much. This is amazing. Thank <laughs> you. Good. I'm glad you liked it too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. 
So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the EdGap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests. And yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.eggapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.